Hi guys. Hey. What's happening? Why are you talking like a weirdo all night? I don't know. Stop it's it. Because it's like echoing in my headphones, I think a little bit, and it makes me feel like a '70s DJ. You. <laughs> you sound like a creeper. <laughs> kind of the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> I don't. I was too young to listen to radio in the '70s. <laughs> Uh, um, I'm Carrie. I'm Laura. Hi. Laura and I are pretty chill tonight just because we just literally got finished working a little bit ago and um, it's been a busy, busy day. I leave for Phoenix day after tomorrow on Thursday and sorry, my chair is squeaking against the desk. Um, I have nothing prepared, nothing done and my laundry is currently doing, is being laundered. So if you hear my washer and dryer, sorry. At least you got that done. Earlier you were like, oh, I need to get laundry. Yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. I, I usually don't wait this long to pack and prepare for trips, but I've just been busy. Work has been so busy and it's, I just, whatever. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. My work is also busy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who don't know, Laura and I work together. So we're together a lot, this girl and I. <laughs> um, I did get my laundry done. I put away a mountain of laundry today. Yeah. A cool. Virtual mountain. I unpacked a box. <laughs> small steps. Better than none. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Um, yeah, small steps. It takes forever. It really does. I, I had no idea. Oh my god! Even when I'm putting stuff away, I'm like, I have to come back and organize this closet. So, even right. when I'm putting stuff like in a place, like it's not. Yeah, I don't like it there forever. Good. Yeah, yeah. And now my closet is housing all the Christmas presents I bought everybody, and then boxes mm-hmm. to wrap them or ship them in. So I'm just really kind of kicking my way through it. Uh, whatever. There's so much going on right now. It. I'm very overwhelmed. I understand, me too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Between, I'm trying to buy Christmas presents. I, was, I bought a couple today, I'm trying to get everybody done. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass, to be honest. Kind of, yeah. Excuse me, I need to cough. I will be right back with you. Laura, tell a story. Well, plus, I, um, I bought some Christmas presents before I moved, and now... I don't know where the fuck they are. So they're in a box somewhere. So I have to keep unpacking until I at least find the Christmas presents that I already purchased. I have no fucking idea where they are. Like, no clue. They could be in any fucking box anymore. I don't know. I have done that so many times. It's not even funny. And I wasn't even moving. I, it just it was like, I'll put it here because it's I, sh- my mom will never find it. And I did that one year. Tom Hanks came out with a... He wrote a book... Um, I can't remember what it was called. Typeface or type something. I can't remember. She wanted mm-hmm. it because she loves him. And so I bought it for her. And I put it away and, and hid it so very, very carefully that I couldn't find it when I went to go wrap it. And I had to buy it again. 
So six months later, my son is looking for a shoe under his bed as we get ready to leave for school. And he goes, Mom, what's this? And pulls out his Amazon package. And I'm like, what in the hell is that? It's covered in dust. Probably had Lego in it. I open it up. There's the book. I was like, why did I put it under Koi's bed? <laughs> so she has two copies of that book That's now. That's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Stuff I bought when I was in Belize. Oh, no. Um, because you can't just order that on Amazon. Mm-mm. And it's for the people I'm going to visit over the holidays, so I even have to find it, like, way before Christmas. It's not oh, God. like I can find it when I get home. Um, I need to pack it with the rest of the shit that I purchased for them. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, again, I can't replace it. I can give them something else, but it's stuff I bought yeah you know months ago for them in particular so <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> Come find it. this is how laura and i are living our lives guys this is this is it so if you think the podcast is a wreck it's really just par for the course this is just kind of okay. how we it's do the iceberg it really is it really is. Um, I don't have any EVPs this week, guys. I do have one uh, thing to say, and that this episode is dedicated to our Patreon of the week, Donna. She's one of our new Patreons. So, Donna, here is a round of applause for you. I do not have the soundbite anymore. Somehow I lost it. So, everybody, imagine a giant standing ovation for Donna. Yay! Um... So that's really it. Uh, like I said, I was really busy working today. I barely got the overlays and shit together for this episode about an hour ago. Um, so I didn't put our sources in, Laura. So we're just... There's not going to be a special screen for that. But um, everybody, we're going to bring you two locations today. And Laura, why don't you tell them where we're going? When we're actually going to be going. <laughs> We are actually going to be going there. Um, we're going to Savannah, Georgia today. Nope. To nope. That's not the right place. <laughs> um, yeah. Please refer to our previous comment about how we are a shit show. Good job. So, in particular, um, please, please hold. <laughs> okay. I fixed it. Want to try that again? I think I fixed it. <laughs> there we go. All right. In particular, in Savannah, we are going to the Hamilton Turner Inn in the Sorrel Weed House. Yes. Earlier, <laughs> Laura called it the Weed House, and I was like, Mm-mm. "There's more to that. There's more to that." Yeah. Yeah. Two two locations, guys, and we're excited about it because we are actually going to Savannah in February for my birthday. And while we're not staying at either of these locations, we are hoping to do a paranormal investigation of the Sorrel Weed House. Sorrel? Sorrel? Sorrel sounds good. Sorrel? Sorrel. Let us know if we're wrong. Um, yeah, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, we're going to start first with the Hamilton Turner Inn. And I do love this history. I do love this history because um, I, I, I can't help but come across it when I do my part. But yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Take it away. Knock it out of the park. Sources. And this is going to be sources for both places. So it's Wikipedia, GhostedDetours.com, HamiltonTurnerInn.com, GhostSavannah.com, and SavannahTerrors.com. I did Savannah Terrors too. Did you? Oh my god. My god, what are the odds? 
It's so weird. I'll tell you what. Okay. <laughs> Take it away. All right. So the Hamilton Turner Inn is a historic mansion in Savannah, Georgia, in the United States, if you didn't know. Um, it was built in 1873. It is located at 330 Evercorn Street in the southeastern trust slash civic lot of Lafayette Square. Okay. I was like, is she going to get through it? Where is this place at? <laughs> right? <laughs> Very detailed. <laughs> also, I love that you said in the United States, if you didn't know, please do not confuse it with Savannah, Georgia, Russia. Yes. Just Don't go there. Don't go there. Go to the one in the United States. Mm-hmm. So Samuel Pugh Hamilton, and formerly known as the Lord of Lafayette Square, had this Parkside mansion built for his family in 1873. Along with his wife Sarah, the successful businessman and prominent Savannah alderman, created a social city, a social center for the city's elite, hosting a variety of activities in their home that was impressive in workmanship and size. It is quite beautiful, and unfortunately I didn't get a picture of it other than what's in the title card. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead. It's really pretty. It's the picture on the right, guys. Or the left. Yes. yes. Um, he and his wife, Sarah, um, also known as Sally, were known to entertain lavishly and wanted a house that would suit their every need, sparing no expense. Uh, their second empire, 17-room home, was constructed in 1873 and nicknamed the Grand Victorian Lady. I mean, same with my house. Right? That's what I call mine. Have a look. (laughs) (laughs) Gorgeous. Enjoy. Um, The inn, sometimes affectionately referred to as the mansion, was the very first house in the city of Savannah to install electricity. And that was only four years after Thomas Edison um, invented the light bulb. So toot sweet very quickly. You don't get a lot of toot sweet (laughs) these days. I like it. Toot sweet. Toot sweet. (laughs) Use it in a sentence next time tomorrow, guys. (laughs) So um, the reason that they got that so quickly is Mr. Hamilton was the president of the Brush Electric Light and Power Company. Oh, well, all right then. (laughs) Right. So nonetheless, uh, it was an amazing sight at the time. And legend has it that people of Savannah would gather just outside of the home in the evening to watch the lights turn on. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Right? Some even kept their distance, fearful that the home might explode. Not wow. Well, yeah. I mean, back then I could see it. You know, there was lots of gas. Well, right. Out. Yeah, not really knowing, being too familiar with it. Yeah. It sounds exactly asinine in this day and age. Yeah, but I get it. Right. <laughs> not only did the Hamilton Mansion not explode, it was one of the only homes in town to survive the Savannah Fire of 1898. Because oh. its tin roof was resistant to the hot embers that ignited and destroyed much of the city. Wow, okay. Yeah, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Hot tin roof. I mean, Katana. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Anyway. All right. I couldn't help myself. Um, during the Civil War, Hamilton was a naval officer who successfully ran the Yankee blockade into Savannah Harbor. He was paid extremely well for the service and thus became wealthy from delivering the goods and supplies that were so desperately needed. Um, He then married Sarah. They had six children, four together, and two boys from Sarah's first marriage to William Franklin Hamilton, as in Samuel's brother. (laughs) 
Uh, wow. A lot of that's going on in Savannah because I believe the next story has a similar tale of marriage. It does. Yeah. Um, Samuel Hamilton was also a lover of art and he collected valuable pieces from all over the world. Um, Hamilton turned his mansion into a private art museum where he took extra, extraordinary measures to protect his immense collection of art. Cool. During the night, he would even have a guard with a rifle in hand posted on top of the roof. Wow, all right. The guard didn't come down, and when someone went to go check on him, he was found lying in a pool of blood. Dun, dun, dun. Ching, ching. It was quite apparent that someone had shot the guard in the back of the head. Ew. Ching, ching. Like the law and order. Ding, ding. (laughs) Ding, ding. Um, The killer was never found, and the crime went unsolved. Okay. All right, so after the murder of the guard, no one was willing to take his place, so Hamilton took up the rifle himself and kept watch. Um, oddly enough, after several months of standing guard on the rooftop, Hamilton himself got sick and died in 1899. Because he stood on the rooftop? That's what they say. <laughs> the home remained in the Hamilton family until 1915, when it was eventually sold to Dr. Francis Turner. Ah. The Turner family lived in the house with Doc using the basement as his office. Fun fact, while the mansion was the first home in Savannah to have electricity, Dr. Turner was the first person in Savannah to own an electric car. Really? Wow, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of weird. The Turners continued to live there until 1926, and when the family moved out and opened the mansion up as a boarding house. Um, Two years later, the mansion became the home of the Marine Hospital Nurses. But in 1940, the Turner family moved back into the house and Dr. Turner, Turner resumed his medical practice in the basement. I don't know what is going on with me today. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> you do so much of it by now. By this time of the night, you're probably pretty tired. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Uh, the mansion was again sold in 65, in which it was sold to the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist. Uh, the plan was actually to tear down the mansion Jesus Christ. To build a playground for the nearby school. <laughs> While others claim that the cathedral wanted the land for a parking deck. Um, either way, it doesn't matter because the Savannah Historic Foundation stepped in and saved the mansion. Yay! Oh, yay! Um, over the next several years, the mansion had several owners, which troubled the neighbors. Um, also, it was associated with scandal. Under Ooh. the management of Joe Odom... Ah. And his wild parties made infamous in the John Barrett novel, Midnight in the Garden of Good Evil. <laughs> yes. Um, three years later, the end also made a cameo appearance in the Clint Eastwood-directed film of the same name, starring Kevin Spacey and John Cusack. Oh my god, I didn't know John Cusack was in that. Mm-hmm. I've never read the John book or seen it. it. Um, <gasps> really? Clint Eastwood's daughter is in it. I'm trying to think. Yeah. It's great. Oh yeah, yeah. You had me at you had me at John Cusack. Did he play John? Did he play Odom? Odin? No, he plays the reporter. Oh. Something. He 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 makes a good reporter. I just John yeah. oh, John Cusack. I know you're listening. Write me. Let's let's be friends. Love you <laughs> so much. Let this, let's get this bromance started. What? Or a romance? Bromance? Nothing. <laughs> Is he married? I have no idea. Hmm. Do I want to have an affair with a married man? Continue. I'll think about it. All right. You think about it. Okay. I mean, if he's outside with a boombox on his shoulders, it's going to be hard. It's all fucking over. It's all fucking over. Sorry, wife. It's 
I'm in love. Right. Uh, in 1997, Charlie and Sue Strickland bought the house from Nancy Hillis, and the home was converted into the Hamilton Turner Inn. Rob and Jane Sales took over the restoration work in 2003, but it was later sold to the current owners, um, who work in cooperation with the Historic Savannah Foundation. Together, they continue on in maintaining the Hamilton Turner Inn's legacy and historical importance. Uh, the Hamilton Turner home was rumored to be the early inspiration behind Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, isn't that cool? That's so cool. That, the home's French Gothic architecture and natural creepiness makes the Haunted Mansion <laughs> unsurprising. Yeah. Um, the inn's general manager said, quote, I've heard the rumor before, but I don't know whether it's true. I can see the similarities between the Haunted Mansion and the Hamilton Turner House. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that was actually really similar is the fountain outside of each of the homes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So further, a CNN report um, claims that Walt Disney himself sat on the bench in front of the Hamilton Turner Mansion and sketched it. Uh, one source adds, Walt Disney did briefly consider Hutchinson Island, an island off of Savannah's coast, as a location for Disney World, but it apparently wasn't quite big enough for his dreams. Yeah. 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 No. And it wouldn't have been either. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's the story. Is that that? Turner yeah, I like it. I really do. I think it's really cool. And the street that it's on is just so adorable and picturesque. And I cannot mm -hmm. wait to see it for ourselves. It's going to be so cool. I can't it's... either. And I would. I love that book. I know. Um, and I love the movie. Yeah. So I'm really excited to go. You know, to yeah. see Lafayette Square and see everything for myself. Right, right, exactly. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get right into the hauntings of the Hamilton Turner Inn because we do have another location to bring you here just as soon as we're done with this one. Um, so as Laura mentioned, uh, before it was a place to stay for a number of visitors, this historic home would earn the nickname the Grand Victorian Lady. Um, however, aside from visiting the beaches nearby or checking out the downtown area, you might even... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was going to ask what he's doing, and I, I think I know it. I don't. It's fine. Gross. Uh, <laughs> gross. It's so gross. Eight year old boys are the worst. Oh, God. Um,. So, however, aside from visiting the beaches nearby or checking out the downtown area, you might even come across some interesting presences of another kind um, along the way. And they may be closer than you think. So, we're going to be talking an, a little bit about the possible stories of paranormal activity here at the Hamilton Turner Inn um, that often has visitors and former residents frankly, um, often asking themselves how a place visited by so many people can be haunted, which I want to just kind of interject a little bit here. It doesn't matter how many people visit a place. A haunting is a haunting. They don't care how many people are there. Disneyland is haunted for Christ's sake. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so with a lot of travelers that were coming and going along those who have resided in the home for 
over the near 140 years of its existence. There were indeed some stories that can be told about the apparent hauntings and paranormal activities that have taken place. One such local story that has been told for decades was that neighbors would gather near the house each night to see the lights come on, except these neighbors much later were watching the lights come on by themselves. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. And it was at the time where nobody was, nobody, the, the inn was vacant. So okay. when you said that, I was like, wait a minute. But then you said the year and I was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting that decades later people were still doing it. But this time it was at a, in a vacant house that nobody was living in. A very different reason. A very, very different reason. But to do the same thing, I was like, well, that's kind of, hmm, that's interesting. I like it. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So these were times when not a single person was occupying the home. So there have been countless reports of paranormal activity, such as the claims of hearing the sounds of children laughing, billiard balls popping off a table before rolling across the floor, and some have even seen the ghost of a man smoking a cigar on the rooftop. Occasionally, he has been seen holding a rifle, and we'll more on him later. Laura, you did touch on it in your portion. Um, others account of seeing a Civil War soldier walking through the Calls at night, occasionally waking guests by knocking on their doors, uh, which I find rude. Don't do that. I always say that like the ghosts of these locations listen to our podcast, and I sure hope they do. Right. I'm here like, for that. Hey, if we're there, can you not wake us up? Could you not do that? Um... So the only explanation for why a Confederate soldier haunts a home built after the end of the Civil War is that the house was built on top of his gravesite. So apparently this is happens also a lot in Savannah, mm-hmm. which is why it's one of the most haunted cities in the country, if not the world. Um, Samuel Hamilton, Hamilton, like you said, was a lover of art, and he did collect all of those valuable art pieces. Um... He did take the extraordinary measures to protect his collection, and he had that guard who would patrol the roof, make sure nobody was breaking in to steal it. The killer was never discovered, the guy that shot the guard. So Hamilton took up the rival and kept watch himself, like you mentioned, and then he did die in 1899. So is the roof cursed? Uh, Is the smoking cigar ghost on the rooftop? Is that him? Is that his guard? Uh, is the guard still looking for the man who shot him? Uh, is Hamilton still looking over his house? A number of questions that people have asked about who or whatever this is. So many guests and employees alike have seen a cigar smoking ghost milling about the hotel. He sometimes spotted standing guard near the door or quietly overseeing the hotel's activities. He's also been seen perched atop the statuesque building's rooftop overlooking the scenery below however there are many theories on who this figure could be from the building's past because it could really frankly be any number of people right um it could be the guard it could be hamilton um but people have seen him on top of the roof with his rifle smoking a cigar um and when he was found lying in that pool of blood he had his burnout cigar right next to him so, Ooh. yeah. So for this reason, many believe that um, it is the guard that they see on the rooftop that is haunting that particular area. It would make a lot of sense. A lot of people who die tragically 
do haunt the location that they're in and they are residual haunts um those are the ones that are on a loop they're like a tape recording they don't know you're there they're not interacting with you they're not going to they're not they're just continually replaying a moment of their life so um i always believe that the house is built over an old cemetery and this has created the theory that the cigar-smoking ghost is, in fact, the Confederate soldier. Perhaps he's still wandering his former burial grounds with his rifle in hand, still feeling the effects of the Civil War. Hmm. That's an interesting theory, I think. Um, I like it when people posit a bunch of different plausible things. I mean, it could very well be. I don't necessarily know if anybody's ever going to be certain it's buried on a cemetery, or it's built on a cemetery. Right. But... <clears throat> Excuse me. Either way, I'm going to touch on it later. The big battle that took place in Savannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very possible. It is very possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So either way, the ghost of the man with the cigar is total mystery. Um, he's been seen so many times that he has become one of the inn's most popular ghosts. Uh, so if if we go and we tour it and we want to have, you know, you can go there and have a true Southern breakfast, which I think we should. Uh, <laughs> and we uh, get a whiff of cigar smoke, then it, that is um, generally what precedes him when people see him, is they smell cigar smoke and then they see him. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, now, Dr. Turner. So, it one source claimed that Dr. Turner, it was rumored that he performed autopsies in the basement where he met his patients. Uh, <laughs> so he also would host lavish parties. They were known for it. Um, their children, all of the guests' children, were banished upstairs during the parties where they would play with the balls on the billiard tables. And they were... apparently not content with this arrangement so they would Mm -hmm. accidentally roll billiard balls down the stairs so they would have an excuse to go down the stairs to retrieve them to see what was going on at the party um there was one little girl however who got too close i think all kids do that don't they like if their parents have a party Try to come down the stairs and get a peek really no my mom always went went to the parties but we always lived in an apartment so yeah yeah yeah. um um so one of the little girls got too close to the top step and she actually fell down the stairs and died um so her ghost is rumored to still roll billiard balls throughout the inn um and What's interesting is there are no billiard tables in the home any longer. Um, However, it's been said that billiard balls can still be heard tumbling down the stairs. They've also heard them rolling about up in the former billiard room. Many guests have been awoken by the distinct clunking of billiard balls echoing through rooms of the hotel. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, Other guests have heard children running um, above, on the floors above, uh, laughing kids, footsteps have been heard sneaking down the stairs. So perhaps these kids are still, you know, wondering what their parents were up to so many years ago. Um... So I definitely do love uh, that whole idea. So 
with regard to Walt Disney and the house being the inspiration for the Haunted Mansion, the Inn's general manager had said, I heard the rumor before, but I don't know whether or not it's true. I can see the similarities between the Haunted Mansion and the Hamilton Turner house, but one thing that was actually really similar is the fountain, like you said. Um, I really, I, I looked at both. Because you can, you and I, you guys, I really should have, and I'm sorry that I didn't, but you can look at the Haunted Mansion and a picture of the Hamilton Turner Inn, and it almost looks the same, like the same house. Right. It's got that wrought iron along the top. It's got the columns. It really does, and it the way these pictures were taken from the front corner, looking up at both houses, they really do look like the same house. Wow. Yeah, cool. it's it is really cool. I really do like it. The other thing, um, and if you listen to our special episode on the Disneyland hauntings, um, or Winchester Mystery House, the dining room scene, he did take inspiration from the Winchester Mystery House uh, in the the ghost dancing in the in the ballroom the ballroom scene he he got that from winchester mystery house too so oh that's cool i didn't know that yeah how to mansion listen to i'm trying to listen to that episode but i don't remember yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's the Haunted Mansion is kind of an amalgamation of all of these amazingly wonderful real life homes here in the country. So I like it. it I think it's pretty cool. Um, so Ghost City Tours founder and CEO Tim Nealon recalled his own ghostly encounter at the Hamilton Turner Inn. He says, "Quote: Almost six years ago, I spent a night at the Hamilton Turner Inn. This was pre-Ghost City Tours. I wasn't there looking for ghosts. I simply wanted to stay there. I heard the accommodations were amazing, and I wanted to treat myself for the night. At about two in the morning, I was awoken by the sound of footsteps walking past my bed. They were very clear and unmistakable. It sounded like somebody was walking right." toward me laying in bed it can be very unnerving to experience this the room was very dark and i couldn't tell if it was an actual person or something else i laid in bed for a few seconds and the footsteps stopped i asked is anyone here the paranormal investigator and we started to kick in as i realized nobody was in the room with me um however i didn't get a response and nothing else happened for the rest of the evening so um yeah, I think that's quite an experience. I, I think I, that really would incent me to want to start a ghost tour group, if you ask me. Um, there was an author by the name of Nancy Roberts who stayed there, and she wrote this of her experience. I wouldn't blame any soul for wanting to return to this wonderful home if they had once lived there. I may just decide to haunt the Hamilton Turner Mansion myself one day. Every time I was there, I got a strong feeling that there was somebody else in or around the house. And with the sounds I heard, well, if you think the house is spooky now, try sleeping in it alone when it's dark, vacant, and dirty. Nobody knows you're there, and you're trying not to think about the bloody red stain you saw in the closet. Actually, it was an adventure, and looking back on it now, I feel lucky to have had the honor. What are the chances that I slept in the same spot where the armed guard fell? Is it possible that I did? Maybe or maybe not. But apparently, she had at some point snuck into it when it was a, when it was vacant and spent the night in there. Yeah, that sounds creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess a number of people a number of people have done that. So I can't say I wouldn't have been one of them, honestly. Honestly. Let let's you know. Um <laughs> I think I would have fucking jammed when I saw like the blood fucking stain. The blood stain. I'm like, you know what? I'm cool. I'm right? 
Yeah. Right. We're going to find something, some other accommodations. Um, a man named Brent Berry went on record about a time that he experienced paranormal activity in 1969 when he was 17 in an aircraft mechanic stationed at Hunter Army Airfield. As he related the ghostly tale, he had ventured out into Savannah one night but was broke, so he decided to sleep in the mansion, which was vacant and neglected at the time. What he discovered left chills racing down his spine and goosebumps flaring on his skin. As he explained, quote, the first floor was really dirty, broken glass and debris everywhere. So I went upstairs to the second floor and it was better, but it just didn't feel right. So I went up to the third floor and it seemed like a really good place to sleep. So I found a corner in one of the rooms and laid down. But it didn't be it didn't take long before I began hearing noises. He continues, at first I wasn't too concerned. It was an old house, sure to have some creaking and thumping noises. But later in the night or early morning, I started hearing some different kinds of sounds. Bumping and some slow squeaking sounds. Now the noises downstairs sounded like they were getting closer to me, like in the stairway. It sounded to me like someone was trying to slowly and quietly sneak up the stairs. Now I was starting to get a little concerned. He was trapped with nowhere to go except for the narrow stairway that led up to a little room at the top of the house. I went up and by now I had a board in my hands, thinking that I may have to use it to defend myself. It was in this small room where there was very little space and the door leading out was gone. Like it... it had been taken off or whatever. So he had to go out onto the roof. The moon was bright, so I watched and waited with the board over my shoulder, ready to swing if I had to. So here I am, a drunk kid from Denver, standing on the roof of the Victorian mansion in Savannah in the middle of the night with a club in my hand. That's awesome. Um... He began asking himself, how in the hell did I get myself into this one? He waited there for a long time, but nobody ever came out. Although, who he expected to see, he doesn't, you know, raises other questions. Like, was there somebody? It was an abandoned, vacant building. Maybe there was somebody else in there that had decided to sleep with him. Um... (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Um, he couldn't sleep. He waited there until morning and then left as soon as he possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so those are the hauntings that I have for the Hamilton Turner Inn. I do want to say in closing for this location, Savannah's long and storied history does make it the perfect place for a paranormal adventure. The cobblestone streets and picturesque architecture are an ideal backdrop for a peaceful getaway. This history of the city also provides an excellent opportunity to witness some paranormal sights and sounds. And the haunted Hamilton Turner Inn is the perfect place to start. And I think that's where we should. <laughs> Oh, also, I forgot. I didn't do my sources. I'm so sorry. SavannahTerrors.com, GhostCityTours.com, and then um, other others. Visit Savannah.com, Country Living, Savannah Terrors, Go Savannah, and BuzzFeed Unsolved. All done. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Country Living article is by David Duran, and the Ghost Savannah article is by James Caskey, and that's for Sorrel Ween. So, yeah. That's what I have on Hamilton Turner. You're muted. Oh, I need one minute. Okay, we will be right back, guys. All right. <laughs> Hi, we're back. Hi. Oh, 
All right, so we're debating how to say the Sorrel Weed House, the Sorrel Weed House. I vote Sorrel. All right, the Sorrel Weed House, <laughs> or the Francis Sorrel House. <laughs> Jesus, God, great. <laughs> um, I'm trapped. All right. Um, it's a historic landmark and Savannah Museum located at 6 West Harris Street in Savannah, Georgia. Um, it represents one of the finest examples of Greek revival and Regency architecture in Savannah and was one of the first two homes in the state of Georgia to be made a state landmark in 1954. Oh shit, really? I didn't know that. That's cool. I like it. At 16,000 square feet, it is also one of the largest homes in the city. Oh, it doesn't look that big. Like, Hamilton Turner looks bigger. Mm-hmm. It must go back. It must. It must. Um, the Sorrel Weed House was first opened to the public in January 1940 by the Society for the Preservation of Savannah Landmarks. Cool. Um, the one nice thing, it seems like in Savannah, they're really big on preservation. Loving it. They are. In fact, um, Donna, our new Patreon of the week, mm-hmm. and I were talking about they have a design school in savannah and i had completely forgotten about it but we had actually talked about this school in one of the episodes we covered on the old charleston jail what this school does is they um the students go there to learn any number of things as i believe it's uh savannah i can't remember the name of it the acronym but the the some of the classes are to learn how to restore historic architecture. Oh, that is cool. And these kids went, or these students went to this old Charleston jail and they helped rebuild and renovate and kind of help, I don't want to say fortify, but um, save essentially the old Charleston mm-hmm. jail because it was crumbling and like the wood floors were crumbling in the metal staircases and they went in and they did all of the labor to restore it because it's a historic building and it was all they got like class it was all part of their classes and they they got it for his class credit and and they the labor was free because these kids were doing it to learn how to how to take care of these old 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 buildings um which i thought was so cool and apparently they've done so much around Savannah, too. I believe that. Yeah, it's, it does seem, like I said, like they have a lot of societies kind of trying to save and maintain these old buildings. Yeah, yeah. And they look, like, just fucking gorgeous. Oh, God, I know. I, I, like I can't wait. And, yeah, I, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. I am, too. Um. So back to the Sorrel Weed House. Um, It was designed by famous Georgia architect Charles Kluski, who moved to Savannah in 1829 from New York City. New York City. I'm Um, I'm getting like punch struck now. Um, (laughs) The house was built for Francis Sorrel, um, a wealthy shipping merchant and esteemed citizen of Savannah. One of his sons was General Gilbert Moxley Sorrel, one of the youngest generals in the Confederate Army. He served under General James Longstreet, and after the war, wrote recollections. Words are hard. Of a Confederate staff officer, um, which was considered to be the top post-war um, accounts that were written. Um, recollections. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> 
Sorry. That's all right. I love it. <laughs> Use that, guys, in a sentence tomorrow. Rest collections. <laughs> um, General Robert E. Lee visited the home in late 1861 and early 1862. He, he and Francis Sorrell had been friends since the early 1830s. Okay, everybody, uh, also new drinking game. Sorry, new drinking game. Everybody take a drink when she pronounces Sorel or Sorrel a different way. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll be every time. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, they also visited the Sorrel family in April 1878, shortly before his death. Um, the opening scene of the 1994 film, Forrest Gump, was filmed from the rooftop or the, of the Sorrel Weed House and is a popular tour stop. Really? The scene, which begins with a floating feather through the savannah sky, pans the rooftops of other buildings occupying Madison Square as seen from the very top of the Sorrel Weed House. Ah, great. She said it differently. Right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're going to be so drunk. Um, the scene has been displaced to a scene of another church located on Chippewa Square, where ultimately Forrest is seen sitting on the bench. Which we are going to see because I have booked us a segue tour of movie sets in Savannah. Super excited. Yeah, she's not. Not for this, this segue part. Mm-mm. I'm a bit worried. Yeah, we're absolutely GoProing it the whole bit. It's going to be embarrassingly ridiculous, and we will bring you guys with us, I promise. It's probably going to be GoPro of, like, one of us falling off, if not both. Well, yeah, because, it, like, they give you a helmet and, like, like elbow pads and stuff in case you do fall off. Um, so I was like, we got to put our GoPros on our helmets and, like, we're going to do full nerd. It's going to be amazing. And we're going to go see this bench. Um, once we're on the fucking Segway, I think we're safe with the fucking full nerd. Like, you could do anything at that point. <laughs> you look, like, fucking ridiculous. It's going to be the best. It's going to be the best. I wonder who falls first. I think it'll be me. I fucking hope so. You're the one that sent us up with this shit. Please don't run over me, though, if I fall off, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to help you. I'm just going to run you right over. <laughs> That's what you get, bitch. I hate all of this. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't stop. I don't know how to stop on this thing. Oh, look, I'm backing up over you. <laughs> I mean, the guy that invented them didn't stop either, so. Oh, that's right. Um. Hmm. So, um, the Sorrells were among Savannah's most influential families. Drake. Francis Sorrell was a West Indian sort of plantation owner who became one of Savannah's wealthiest men. Uh, Francis was born in St. Domingue, now known as Haiti. Oh. Um, a slave revolt forced his family to flee, and the young Francis was saved by slaves who refused to take the life of the young boy. Oh, wow. He, yeah. He made a living working the docks in Port-au-Prince and was eventually transferred by his company to the United States. Hmm. Um, despite being saved by slaves, he's a fucking asshole, he himself eventually became a slave trader. Great. Yeah. Um, Francis and an associate opened up a shipping company in Savannah where they shipped salt, butter, molasses, cotton, and slaves. <laughs> the company grew exponentially, making Sorrel, Sorrel a wealthy man. Drink. Francis Sorrel, there you go, married Lucinda Moxley soon after arriving in the United States. Lucinda was from a wealthy family who did business with Francis. 
Lucinda died just a few years after they were married, so Francis, the classy man that he was, then married Lucinda's younger sister, Matilda. Yes. The two had a happy marriage, but Francis was known for his vices. Um, He began having an affair with one of his slaves named Molly. Um, Francis even gave Molly her own rooms just so he could have this affair privately. Um, But it wasn't enough. Matilda found out about Molly, distraught and enraged. Matilda committed suicide by jumping off the second floor balcony. She landed headfirst, cracking her skull open on the floor of the concrete courtyard. Jesus. Yeah, very little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> we got details. Yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah, you did. You brought the details. I did. Um, Molly was struck by guilt. Uh, being a slave, she would be held liable for both the affair and the subsequent death. Of course. Molly was found hanging by a noose in an apparent suicide. Um, now, there is some debate as to whether the suicides took place at this home or at 12 West Harris. Yes. Where the family moved to after the sale of the home to Henry Weed. Right. So, it's very possible it was, yeah, down the street. Um, now, is it pronounced weed or weeday? <laughs> it's weeday. <laughs> like B-day. <laughs> okay. All right. That'll be drinking uh, game part two. So, weeday house. No. Since on Madison Square. Uh, the area was the site of a vicious battle during the American Revolutionary War, known as the Siege of Savannah. Joint American and French forces attempted to push the British out of Savannah, who had taken the city just a year earlier. Uh, the Revolutionary Army was both outmanned and outgunned. Bodies were piling up fast. Uh, the Revolutionaries dug a trench at Madison Square to bury their dead. Oh. Hundreds of soldiers died in the span of a few weeks. In the heat of battle, the dead and injured could not be differentiated. Ew. Sick and injured soldiers were thrown into the pit with the dead and often buried alive. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. After the battle, the bodies were never exhumed. The city continued to expand around the old battlefield. Madison Square and the surrounding areas were built in the 1830s, 50 years after the war. Many of the buildings, including the Sorrel Weed House, are built over the remains of the dead soldiers. And that's the so, history of the Sorrel Weed House. <laughs> so essentially just walking down or through Madison Square, you could just be walking on a ton of mass graves. And that's just that we know that that one part, right? Like, I'm sure that there were many battles over different parts of Savannah. Um, and that's the Revolutionary War. We're not even talking about... The Civil War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> yeah. Um, apparently, yeah, there's just dead people <laughs> underneath you everywhere you go in Savannah. So, hence why it is the most haunted place. Yeah, yeah, in the country, if not, <clears throat> excuse me, if not the world, really. Seems, yeah, I mean, Savannah does have that reputation, just being crazy haunted. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I know. I can't I wait. I really just want to go eat too. So you know. Yeah, <laughs> you're really excited for all like the food trucks and like the, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm my mom. Gray so bad. My mom is too. She's really looking forward to like the food. 
I was like, she's like, I'll go to like the haunted pub crawl and lunch on the riverboat and here and there. But she, yeah, she wants no part of the Segway tour. She absolutely is not going to go with us to investigate the Sorrel, Sorrel Weed Widay house. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. But we're going to eat some delicious, delicious southern food. I'm so Why is it called the gray? Do you know? Because uh, it's in a old Greyhound bus station. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That used to be obviously segregated and such, but it was converted. Um, the woman who's the chef there is amazing. And she's, uh, I don't know, gotten all kinds of accolades and everything. I'm very, very excited to go um, have her food. Cool. Okay. I've seen it in pictures. And she did a master class recently. Um, regarding her cooking and stuff like she's the jam yeah it's gonna be really cool there's actually a paranormal convention gonna be in savannah of course the weekend after we go and um so all of my paranormal buddies are like we should go we're going to savannah and i was like yeah we're gonna already be there like the weekend before and unfortunately um you know hotels are booked and planes are bought and you know laura buys her own planes to fly places just so you guys know yeah right yeah okay well let's talk about the hauntings of this amazing sounding home um i want to start my part out with this fucking awesome poem that i found and i was super excited about it i it is written by christopher susie of odd lot improv okay and here it is On Madison Square, there sits a house of impressive ghostly repute, a house that is home to tragedy and the spirits that follow suit. According to Savannah legend, which, after all, is what ghost stories are, the events of that house had left behind a deep spiritual scar. Francis Sorrell, a man of wealth, took Lucinda for a bride, but fate is cruel and within five years, dear Lucinda died. So Lucinda's... I was doing so well. So well. Um, so Lucinda's sister Matilda is next for Francis to wed but madness took a hold of her and she too became quite dead though mysteries abound and ghost hunters may rave that the deaths could be the result of a voodoo practicing slave the square itself had the revolution knocking on the door the ground around the home was littered by the victims of that war You indeed may experience the ghostly happenings there. Be careful at the midnight hour and take special care. For many have seen a woman in black walking around the site. And she may be looking for company for longer than one night. I know. I love it. I was like, I have to include this in my part. It's amazing. And I love it. Um, So... The Sorrel Weed House is not only among the most haunted houses in Savannah, it is one of the most well-known haunted houses in the world. The strange haunts and horrifying history that Laura detailed (laughs) with the skull cracking, Jesus, um, (laughs) have brought quite a bit of attention to the Sorrel Weed House. As a result, the building has been the subject of several paranormal investigations. All the big TV shows, guys, have been to this house, Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters, um paranormal lockdown i think uh buzzfeed unsolved i watched that that's the source for my information here tonight 
Um, so lots of lots of Travel Channel Discovery um, shows have been here to film. Um, now the ghosts of Molly and Matilda still haunt the Sorrel Weed House. Visitors have seen dark silhouettes walking through the halls. Um, some have actually even captured photos of their spirits. Uh, others claim to have seen the reflection of female apparitions in the mirror without the physical bodies to accompany them like in like real life it's just the apparition in the mirror so mm -hmm. the ghost of molly is said to haunt the slave quarters a man once rented the space to use as an office and was unaware of the history he claimed to constantly feel a sense of uneasiness as if he was constantly being watched others who have entered this room feel sick or drowsy upon entering the slave quarters some even say that they feel like they're being strangled by a rope which could be a residual haunt of molly's death Mm-hmm. So others have claimed to hear the sounds of a social gathering in the living room of the house. The sounds suddenly stop when somebody approaches. Um, the source of the sounds has yet to be found, though it is believed that the phantom gathering is a residual haunt from one of the many parties and socials hosted by the building's wealthy occupants. Um, a number of people say they feel a dark psychic energy upon entering the house. The dark energy energy is said to stem from the bodies buried at the siege of Savannah as a similar aura hangs over all of Madison Square. Um, so the dark feeling is often accompanied by the sounds of warfare, which can be heard most often during quiet nights. So... Huh, that's interesting. I know, right? I was like, what is happening in this town? Um, for instance, many people feel a strange sensation of nausea and choking when they're in the basement of the home. Those who consider themselves to be sensitive to psychic energy have described feeling panicked for no reason. And then there is the fact that people's cameras and cell phone batteries, which were fully charged before the tour began, are sometimes found to be completely drained of energy by the end of the tour. And these tours are like an hour long. So... Yeah, which is another common um, thing to have happen. You know, if, if quick battery drain. I believe we experienced that at um, College Hill when we were doing the investigation. I think the, three of our cameras just immediately within 20 minutes, full battery, just dead. Just dead. Um, many believe the spirit of Francis Sorrell is there and known to move chairs um, back from the dining room table and throw candles from across the room off the table. I was like, wow, all right. Um, he also tends to be accompanied by the smell of cigars and brandy. Mm -hmm. So the BuzzFeed episode, um, Shane and Ryan did a show at this location. And while they were doing EVP work in a parlor downstairs, they actually heard footsteps on the floor above them. So, and I mean a bunch, like people walking all over or one person just walking around a room. Um, Shane said that somebody had to be up there, but Ryan told him that there actually couldn't be anybody up there because it's blocked off and the upstairs is condemned. Like they can't go up there because they'll fall through the floor. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, it's stanchioned off. Like you can't go up there. It was funny too, because so then they went to the um, stairs to ask whoever was up there to come down and <laughs> they got a, they heard a dog bark in response so that and it sounded like the dog was coming from inside the house oh weird yeah super super crazy um the surgery room which is located in the basement um where why is why do these doctors have 
practices in the basements of their homes. That's common back here. Yeah, that was. I think it was common back in the day. Anyway, really, like to not have. Regardless, yeah, creepy. Much like escorts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? Tell me all about it. How do you know? I don't know. You don't know. You've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> I think John Cusack. Right. <laughs> I've seen the magnets. Um, so Dr. Frank Sorrell used it as his medical office for a few years and did trauma surgery in it. Now, it's important to note that both here and at the Hamilton Turner Inn, there was never any claims of, like, malpractice or shady goings-on by either one of the doctors that were practicing out of their homes. It just happened to be where they had their practice. Um, They weren't doing anything weird or creepy or anything like that. Um, So this guy, he did trauma surgery in this basement of his home for a few years claims in this room are of being touched chills strange feelings and people have seen an apparition pacing in it the spirit of a little girl is also seen and she likes to play hide and seek which i think would i don't like hide and seek to begin with simply because i don't most of my friends would always jump out at me and scare me like mm-hmm. the dicks they were at the age of, you know, 7 to 12. So the idea of a ghost, playing hide-and-seek with a ghost child, I'm not your girl. I'm sorry. That's not going to be happening. They are 100% going to win. <laughs> Cheaters. That's fucking cheating. Um, <laughs> so she likes to play hide-and-seek. There is a chair down there that does move of its own accord. Um, while in the section of the house believed to be the site of the former barracks that had been attacked during the Revolutionary War, Ryan and Shane were doing EVP work, and Ryan saw a figure walk past the stairs that go down into the room. Yeah. He captured it on camera, too. It's just oh, really? this weird shadow anomaly that, like, walks by the sta- the the banister the, on either side of the staircase. It was really weird. Of course, Shane completely was like, no, no, I took out the light. No, no, you know, poo-poo, poo-poo. But, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, the um, Country Living article by David Duran, this, I, I put the his experience in it. Because it's really cool. And I this one I actually do have photos to show you guys. So this guy went to Savannah um, to just, you know, check it out. Kind of like we're doing, you know, a mm-hmm. long weekend. He was also there because he had heard there are so many paranormal stories in Savannah. You can't throw a rock in that town without hitting a ghost. Um, so that's why he had gone. And he went on a tour with a public uh, paranormal tour of the Sorrel Ween House with a bunch of folks. So there's a number of people on this tour with him. And he says, I took an an impressive amount of images that night, mostly because everyone else was taking photos and I wanted to be the one to find the orbs. Um, in the dining room, there was a large wall mirror, and for some reason, everyone was snapping pictures of the mirror, apparently because it was the location of various orb sightings. So I took my mirror photos, and while standing there, reviewed them on my phone, and there was nothing immediately visible, so I continued the tour, mostly disappointed. There were a couple of times where I felt chills, but I attributed that to being in an old home with very little lighting. The tour ended, and we all left, but none of us had any real evidence of a ghost sighting that evening. So the next morning while laying in bed, 
Uh, I was scrolling through the photos I'd taken the night before. I came across something that still makes me shudder when I think about it. I saw what I had been hoping to see but didn't really want to see. I examined the images carefully. I was looking for green lights or anything spooky, really. When I came across what looked like an old-school double exposure, everything was basically bright white, but beyond that, there was nothing out of the ordinary. So here are the first pictures in his that he took. Um, okay. He does make it a point to say that he took these photographs in succession. So this is the first picture. Maybe. We'll see. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the first picture that you can see, it's the tour group. They're taking pictures in front of the mirror. There's the two girls. You can see the whole group behind them. You can see mm-hmm. everybody in the reflection of the mirror. In of the mirror. So there's everybody like pretty much side to side on the mirror. There's a guy right. in green. There's the light. You know. The next picture is the one that he's talking about that looks like it is a double exposure. Everything basically bright white. Mm-hmm. So that's this first two pictures that he took in succession. The next one. Is this one. I jumped to the gun. I pushed the wrong button. So is this one. So as you can see, the girl in the front of the mirror, she's turning away. There's a guy standing there. There's the group of people. But there's an additional figure where the green hooded guy was. You can see he's kind of moved over toward the center of the picture. Mm-hmm. And there's a new figure there. So let me see if I hit the button right this time because I don't think I did. Hang on. Let me see where my pictures are. Here we go. It looks like a person of a like a painting. Yes. It doesn't even look like real. Um, real? No, it looks like a painting. Yeah. And that—that's that—that guy. If you want, I mean, like, like we can take a look at the first pictures again. Nothing there. Okay. Not even the hints of a guy that might be like standing in, and the painting would have to be on the wall, right? I mean, one would think, yeah. So. You can't see anything until then. This one. The guy comes. Yeah. So. And his weird outfit and his weird hair and everything about him is just weird. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So the guy says, my hotel room was bright and full of light as it was early morning. But at the moment, I noticed an unaccounted for person in the photograph. A dark shadow passed swiftly by the full body mirror near the hotel room door. So at the time that he's noticing this picture, he sees a shadow figure in his room. My first thought was that something or someone was wanting, waiting for me to take notice of that particular photograph. I had spent the entire day silently asking to see or feel something while on my ghost hunt, so in a way it all made sense. Apparently he showed his friends this, who had been on the tour with him, and they checked the timestamps and the sequence of the photos that he took while comparing them to shots that they had captured. A lot, they synced up the timestamps. I mean, because as you can see, everybody's just taking pictures in, in this mirror. Right. 
A lot of us had the exact same images as we were standing in the same area as we snapped away. But my camera had caught something else in the historic home's dining room mirror. After comparing various timestamps and images, what we saw just didn't make any sense. There's this figure of a man standing in the background off to the side in the reflection of the mirror. The man didn't fit at all. His hairstyle and manner of dress appeared to be from another time period. The more we examined the image, the more frightening the facial 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 features appeared (laughs) almost as if the man was looking directly at the camera the time stamps show guests of the tour standing in the same spot as he appeared just moments before the image of him and just before the image of him appeared where he was standing alone followed by an image of those guests right back in the same spot almost as if he made them disappear so he could appear Huh. Right? Interesting. Various people have viewed the image, and the initial reaction is usually a combination of fear and confusion. Employees of the Sorrel Weed House are currently investigating the image, as are a handful of paranormal investigators around the country. So far, the response from professionals is that whoever is pictured in the photograph is indeed deceased. Yeah. I mean, it really looks like an old painting or something. It's fucking weird. It's super weird. It is super weird. Um, I, I I have no explanation for it. I really don't yeah. have any explanation for it. Um, so that is, that's what I have on the hauntings of the Sorrel Weed House. I do want to end my part with a fun fact. And I haven't done a fun fact in, a, I haven't done fun facts in a long time. And I love a good fun fact. And this is the most fun fact ever. Um, my sources for this, and I purposely kept them out of my source list. My sources for this are atlasobscura.com and savannahairport.com. So earlier when I told you I had this amazing fun fact and it kind of pertained to you, here it is. Here it is. So in 1942, expanding military operations made it necessary for the U.S. War Department to declare a need for additional facilities. A lease was negotiated between the federal government and the city of Savannah for 1,100 acres at what is now Savannah Hilton Head International Airport. Shortly after its acquisition, the federal government began a program obtaining additional acreage to enlarge its facilities at the Chatham Field, which had been designated as a command base and heavy bombardment combat crew training station for the second bomb wing of the Army Air Corps. Are you finding where this pertains to you yet? Mm, Not at all. You're like, not at all. So, part of this acquisition included a private family cemetery belonging to the Dotson family. It is believed that the familiar, familial cemetery contained 100 or more graves. The Dotson's great-grandchildren negotiated with federal, the federal government and all but four of their ancestors were relocated to Bonaventure Cemetery in Savannah, which we're going to. Mm-hmm. The remaining... The remaining four grave markers honor the original owners of the the Dotson family farm known in the 1800s as Cherokee Hills, located on the western half of where the Savannah Hilton Head International Airport exists today, 
specifically runway 10. <laughs> so I need to check my runway number when I fly in. <laughs> oh, that's fucking weird. Right. <clears throat> The family's wish for the graves to remain in place when Western extension of this east-to-west runway was required during World War II, citing their belief that their ancestors who had owned the farmland would have wanted to stay on the land they worked so hard to cultivate and purchase. The surviving Dotson relatives refused to allow Richard and Catherine Dotson to be moved, since it is illegal in America to transfer buried remains without the consent of next of kin. The airport did the only thing they could and simply paved over them. However, far from a heartless steamrolling, two headstones were placed over the graves laid flat with the runway. The other four graves, which sit in the brush near the airport's most active runway, belong to Dotson relatives Daniel Houston and John Dotson. That's this one. Okay. So... <clears throat> Today, the Dotson graves look more like patches of concrete repair work amidst the winding asphalt runway system. However, pilots and flight attendants know what the crew know what they really are, and ghost stories have even begun to spring up among those that take off and land on top of the graves. These grave sites are the only ones in the world embedded in an active 9,300-foot runway serving thousands of general and commercial aviation operations yearly. That's awesome. Is you know, that... I have to really be looking like when I'm landing and taking off. Being like, I, right? Where are the graves? I mean, so this David Duran, he starts off his article saying how he was pestering the flight attendants and the flight crew mm -hmm. relentlessly to know what airport or what runway they were landing on because he wanted to see the graves. And I was like, what is this dude talking about? Sure enough, he goes on to explain it. And I was like, this is a bunch of bullshit. And so I, <laughs> I am buying it all. So I Google it. And sure enough, it takes me straight to the airport's website. That's where they talk about these graves. So there's four people buried there, two under the runway, and then to another two. Two to the side. To the side. Yeah. That, all right. So I got to bother my flight attendant. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, this I is up. Uh, yeah. I need, Laura's got a case now. Now you have a job. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting, though. Isn't that cool? I've never heard of it. And it, it is, cool. it is the only, um, Airport, it is the graves are the only ones in the world embedded in an active runway or a major international airport. That is cooler than the only fun fact that I knew about Savannah, which was that it has the largest birthday <laughs> festival in the world. I believe. That's actually really cool. In, in the world, bigger than Ireland? Ireland is not as big. I went to Dublin for St. Patrick's Day a few years back and. Um, besides Mark Hamill being in the, like, opening the parade, which was pretty cool. That is um, pretty cool. That wins. Yeah. It's, like, real yeah. touristy and stuff, and, like, they celebrate, but not like we do here. Yeah, we had, um, when we went to London, we were there over St. Patrick's Day, and they had mm -hmm. this huge festival in um, Trafalgar Square. Mm-hmm. 
and it was it was it was massive Corey was like there are so many people here i'm like are you doing okay buddy because he's not one for crowds or anything like that um he's like no yeah he's like there's just a lot to take you and there really was there really really was but we had never been to any kind of saint pat we're not irish i mean koi is but on his dad's side so it's not like you know he we had no idea um but it was really big so i can't imagine anything bigger um, yeah, I mean, I could be wrong in the world, but I believe it is. In the country. For sure, the country. Which That's funny, because I was thinking like Boston or New York. Yes, Boston for sure. Huh. Yeah, my dad went one year. I mean, that's how I know. Oh, really? Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> did he party with Brett Michaels? Um, I believe he wanted to. I don't know if Brett was available. <laughs> Brett was probably in Boston. Um... <laughs> Brett's hiding. He's hiding. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I have. I um, I loved the poem that I read. I was so excited for Sorrel Weed uh, because I had the poem. I was like, that's so cool and creepy. And um, and then I found my fun fact, and I'm like, I have not done a good fun fact in forever. And I kind of think amazing. Yeah. Poem. Thank you. Fun fact. Good job. Thank you. I was really hoping. I told my mom, I said, God, I hope Laura doesn't come across this runway thing in her research. I really, really hope she doesn't. (laughs) I didn't, actually. I've never heard of that. Good. Good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Super cool. You'll have to let me know if you see it. Yeah. Runway 10. You know I will. Yeah. I'm going to be hanging out like. As much as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely get a window seat for sure. Make sure. Mm-mm. No, you're just going to lean over the people. <laughs> Excuse me, I just need to get a picture of these graves. <laughs> Did you know there were graves? <laughs> Come look, look at these graves. <laughs> I will 100% probably tell like 10 people on my plane. But I can't sit on the inside when I'm with, like when I'm by myself flying, I have to be on the aisle or else I get like kind of claustrophobic. Cause I oh, really? I feel trapped by people I don't know. Yeah, which is kind of weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. I get it. Like, if you have to go to the bathroom or... Sometimes I just like to get up for a minute. You know, right. It's long and... Eh, I do prefer... I don't like to sit in the middle. So I prefer a window seat or an aisle seat. I don't... If it's a window seat, honestly, everything looks the freaking same. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm not seeing anything beautiful. It's all tiny. Right. So I really do, like, I, I mean, prefer an aisle. Maybe this one. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think my flights are... I stop in Dallas, so I think it's... Like, oh, that's right. I forgot. You stop in Dallas, so essentially I'm going to Savannah by myself because you get fucking stuck in Dallas. Oh, my God. I hate that. I mean, not the whole town. Just the fucking airport. The fucking airport has screwed you over so many... All the way back to when you came to visit me here in July. Yeah. 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 Remember Mm-mm. how fucking awful that was? Yeah. I got stuck there overnight, and then I almost, like, then that guy gave me the key to fucking somebody else's room. Oh, shit, that's right! And, like, it's fucking Texas. People will kill you. Will shoot and you. I fucking died. I, like, ran away so fast. I was like, he sent you I forgot. I fucking forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah, so it was, like, one thing after another was bad. Yeah, like, yeah. Was, my flight got delayed, so I missed my connection, and I had to stay there. Well, and then you were like, to work. like, at this point, I think our boss is like, this is some bullshit. If she just wants to be, needs to be late, she should just say so. Instead of this, I'm stuck in Dallas. Like, it's starting to sound fake. <laughs> you get stuck there so much. <laughs> I swear to God, there's something 
the Dallas airport has an in for fucking in for so, you. Sounds so funny. It's like I know I'm fucking scared. Like I was worried because I when I fly to Europe, it's um to Chicago, but with the oh, good. everything, I was a little bit worried. Yeah, that you know, mm. Chicago is kind of known for its shit weather. So particularly in the winter time. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, then the other one I fly through Dallas. I'm like, oh fuck. Oh Jesus! As long as nothing happens on the way there, it's fine. If it happens on the way home, that's okay. And that seems to be when it happens every fucking time about. When you go home, yeah. Well, go home. Just letting <laughs> you know. Texas. <laughs> Texas will not let me go. Just letting you know. I, <laughs> I sold my house. You got nothing on me anymore. I'm just letting you know. I'm off that week, so. The department's going to be flying solo until you can get into work. If you, yeah. I, no, I'm off. from Dallas. Carrie, listen. I don't know this number. New number. Who dis? <laughs> anyway. Carrie, listen. I got a story for you. Let me guess. You got stuck in fucking Dallas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but, the, but the Rolling Stones concert was kind of worth it. It was pretty cool. Okay. Well, it wasn't. I heard you bitching. You were so mad. Because you had to, yeah, you were so mad. I was irritated. However, let's keep in mind you've been flying Frontier too. So that probably has a lot to do with your shitty experiences. Yeah, but American just changed my itinerary too for Savannah. Savannah. Actually. Well, that doesn't mean. Why? I mean. Everybody keeps fucking with my flights. Yeah. Well, my mom and I will will start the pub pub crawl, and you can just meet us, right? You mean come and carry you guys back to the hotel? Laura, we saw. We saw so many ghosts. Oh my god! You know, look at this picture of these ghosts. Okay, this is a picture of your mom's foot, and it's blurry. Right, exactly. No, that's a ghost on. the Segway. That's a ghost at her feet. At her feet. Yeah. It'll happen. Anyway, um, I still have not found my Strange History book, guys. We don't have Strange History for you again this week. Uh, Maybe we'll bring it back in 2022. Hopefully, I will be able to find it by then. Nobody tell Jennifer I've lost it. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Laura, where can they find us? Uh, You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at HOH Podcast. And on the TikTok at H-O-A-H Podcast and H-O-A-H Carrie and H-O-A-H Co-host Laura. How many TikToks have you put out lately? Um, I've... None. As many, none. Yeah. None. Okay. You have done none. I have done all the TikToks. You fucking love TikTok. I'm good at it too. Turn around after making a TikTok. I'm good at it. Fixing my eyebrows and singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I do. I love them. I I think they're great. Uh, <sighs> and I, yeah, apparently I'm good at them. My friend Karen was like, "You are creepy good at these." <laughs> I'm like, I know, right? I love it. Except that it takes a long time to practice some of the longer ones. Mm-hmm. It's like twenty minutes of just edit, 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 repeat. repeat. It's it. Maybe I should put some bloopers together. 
Nice. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, anyway, so thank you guys so much for listening, so much for watching. Um, Laura and I have a lot of recordings that we've got to get through. Uh, the holidays are coming. She is going out of town via Dallas. Maybe. Maybe. Well, maybe. Omicron is looking fucking up your skirt critically. Right? Fucking every time I try to go somewhere, COVID got to fuck me up. Got to fuck you up. I mean, good Lord. I feel personal at this point. <laughs> You can't tell me that every trip I've tried to take. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe Laura's going out of town. Um, yeah, holidays are coming. <laughs> we have our uh, 1910 jail event is actually today. So when the day that this is released, we are in Globe, Arizona, the big booming metropolis. Uh <laughs> Taking a bunch of unsuspecting, beautiful, beautiful fans and friends of the podcast through one of the most haunted locations I've ever been in. Uh, the last time I was there, we captured an EVP of an entity saying Carrie is in trouble and another one saying who cares. So l- looking real forward to getting back to those guys. Um yeah, so, uh, yeah, this this uh, episode comes out today. Uh, we're going to be at the 1910 jail in globe and then the following week we have so many so so many episodes to record because like we said she's off and then after she comes back i'm off and we wanted to make sure that we kept giving you guys content and yeah so that's that on that um we love you and we are very appreciative of you and for those of you watching us on youtube um leaving us the wonderful comments we do see them we read all of them and we are we are so grateful we are very happy that you guys are enjoying actually being able to see us and uh watch us in person um I, they're getting a big kick out of us laura so <laughs> i'm sure yeah. Especially after this episode when neither of us can pronounce fucking anything. Anything? Uh, we've got uh, little boy uh, bodily sounds happening, a cat crying. It's chock full. Yeah, there's always fucking something. It's chock mind. full of sounds um, that you just love to hear on a podcast. <laughs> so, anyway. Fashion uh, that's all we got, guys. As always, we want you to stay safe out there because you never know who or what is listening. There we go. Bye, guys. We will see you next week. Virtually see you next week. Love you. Bye.